Welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, a podcast shared by David Roylance. This podcast is dedicated to guiding you to completely eliminate the discontent mind and the suffering it causes by attaining enlightenment. Learn and practice the teachings of Gotama Buddha that will guide you to fully attain a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha or visit buddhadailywisdom.com where you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online learning resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Now, here's our teacher to share more. Hello and welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha. Today is our group learning program where we study the words of the Buddha in this book titled Developing a Life Practice, The Path That Leads to Enlightenment, Volume 1. We just restarted our group learning program about four weeks ago. It's a total of seven months program and we've got another six months remaining. But even though we just started it, we just did an overview of the Eightfold Path and dove really deeply into that, as well as the four stages of enlightenment and the 10 fetters. But now, starting this Sunday, we're gonna actually be starting from chapter one, and we're gonna be progressing through this book. So if you're joining for the first time, whether you're watching this on Facebook, YouTube, listening on the podcast, or in Zoom, live, or any other places that we distribute content, this is a great time to join because you'll be able to now start with chapter one and go through this book and I'll help to build up your practice as a foundation towards the attainment of enlightenment where the mind is peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy. One of the primary methods of training the mind in addition to everything else is breathing mindfulness meditation. And today we're finishing up a four-part series where I've been teaching breathing mindfulness meditation and gradually helping to build people's understanding and knowledge about breathing mindfulness meditation because this is going to train the mind to eliminate craving desire attachment the primary cause of discontentedness the primary reason why you experience things like sadness anger frustration irritation annoyance guilt shame fear boredom loneliness shyness resentment jealousy any kind of displeasure or grief or despair All of this is coming from craving, desire, attachment, where the mind is craving and yearning. It's longing for permanence, wanting things to be permanent. So today we're going to do a breathing mindfulness meditation session together so that we can encourage, support, and motivate each other in our meditation practice. I've already taught this in the previous classes in this series, so now's the time for us to just come together and do breathing mindfulness meditation, and then I'm gonna open up to any questions that you guys might have related to breathing mindfulness meditation. We can even do that prior to meditation and after as well to be sure that you have what you need in terms of understanding breathing mindfulness meditation and then be able to practice it proficiently, but also any teachings along the path to enlightenment, you're able to ask questions for. These Wednesdays are really great for that because there's typically not as much that is being taught We're just typically doing meditation together, so that gives us a lot of time to talk about any aspects of this path that you're interested to discuss. 
So the way that you would ask questions is put those into Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom, and our moderator Miranda will see that and be sure that your question gets asked during the class. So I'll open up here at the beginning, and then I'll share some brief guidance with you about breathing mindfulness meditation. We'll do that together, and then we'll open up for some more questions at the end of meditation. So I'll just turn things over to you if there's any questions that you guys might have. Sir, I was wondering, is it a better practice to, when we notice a thought come into the mind during meditation, to just simply, in the mind, silently let that go? Or I tend to, if I notice a thought, then think, nope, stop, breath, and then that's how the thought is released and the attention is brought back to the breath? Or is that just an extra thought to serve? Yeah, so what I did when I first started out, I needed to do those kind of things where the mind wasn't really well-trained yet, so there were certain periods of time where I had to just say, let it go, let it go, come back to the breath, come back to the breath, or something like that, right? And that went on for a period of time, maybe three months, six months, who knows, I can't even really recall. But at some point, you need to train the mind to let that part go too, because that's a thought, that's something that's coming into the mind that's kind of just replacing the thought that you're trying to get rid of you're just kind of replacing it with something else. So you're not really truly getting rid of it. You're just getting rid of that particular thought and inserting another one. So what you would like to get to is that the mind is so well trained that in meditation, you don't have to think, let it go or come back to the breath. But initially, you're going to probably need to do that. And as you're underway, or if you have a particularly difficult period of time, like some of you I know are going through relationship changes or maybe a partner has been diagnosed with something significant or maybe you're going into the holidays spending time with family which might be a struggle and challenging for you so you might have periods of time weeks and months where your meditation is quite stable and the mind's quite peaceful and then you can get certain news or certain situation occur in your life that kind of shakes up the mind because it's not enlightened yet it can shake up the mind and then that also shakes up your meditation practice so you might find that you go four weeks eight weeks three months without really having much going on in your meditation practice and everything's quite calm still and stable but then when things start shifting and changing in your life you start noticing that it's harder for you to get rid of the thoughts and eliminate or, or i shouldn't say eliminate but let go of the thoughts and meditation and then that's where even though maybe for two months, three months, you've just been able to cut off the thoughts and bring the mind back without any other effort, but just internal effort without really saying anything in your own mind. Now that the mind is struggling and having a bit more challenges, you might find that you need to do that occasionally just to kind of get the mind moving in the right direction. But then you should always be working towards the goal of not needing to have to do that because an enlightened being wouldn't need to sit in meditation and do those kind of things because their mind is so well trained that they've able to easily let things go when they arise. So that's what you would like to work towards. But in that transition, sure, use some of those things, but just don't get attached to it and think that this is permanent. Always work towards the goal of being able to internally let it go, applying effort, and that's it. Understood. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. It does not appear that there are any more questions at this time. Okay, so let's do our meditation together. 
If you're in a chair, you might just put your feet flat on the floor or cross at the ankles, having your lower body nice and stable. If you're on the floor, you might put some cushions under your rear, get your rear up in the air, cross your legs, just kind of lightly though, not real tight because you're not interested in inhibiting the circulation through the legs. So just kind of lightly cross the legs so that it continues to keep the circulation going. And that's what those cushions under the rear are for, to lessen the angle at the hips, knees, and ankles. Then your hands and arms, you would like to place those comfortably in the lap because at the end of setting up the body, you should have the lower body nice and comfortable, not luxurious, not painful, but nice and comfortable. Same thing with the hands and arms. All the muscles should be unengaged when you're doing meditation. So what the Buddha did is he put his right hand over his left with his thumbs together, and then he put that into his lap. But if that's not comfortable for you, some people like to put their hands on their thighs or their knees, or if you're in a chair with an armrest, you might decide to put your arms on the armrest so that your lower body and your hands and arms, the muscles are completely unengaged. The upper body, it should be erect. It should be nice and straight. This keeps the mind attentive and alert during the meditation. So if you were kind of slouched and lackadaisical about your posture, then the mind's going to have a tendency to be complacent. It's not going to be active and attentive during the meditation. But also if you are real uptight, you know, this would cause a lot of overactivity in the mind during meditation. So you'd like the body, this upper body, to be in the middle, not lackadaisical and complacent, but also not uptight either. So not painful and not luxurious, but in the middle. Next, just close the eyes and start breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. Here you're just establishing a nice natural breath. Breathing in naturally through the nose, just gradually breathing in. And then wherever you get to your next exhale, just gradually breathe out. The guidance that I give in meditation isn't going to necessarily match up to your breath because this is your practice and everybody's breath is going to be different. So wherever you get to the next inhale, just take a nice gradual breath in through the nose, experiencing the full breath, just a natural inhale. And then whenever you get to the exhale, same thing, just a nice, gradual, natural exhale not trying to force or control the breath, but just establishing a nice, steady, consistent inhale and exhale. You can stay here if you like and just continue to establish the breath. I'm going to do some chanting, and if you know these chants, you're welcome to join along. And then afterwards, I'm going to come back with some more guidance.
Supatipano Makawato Sawakasanko Sanghang Namami Napmorasabhakawato Arahato Samasaputasa Napmorasabhakawato Arahato Samasaputasa Napmorasabhakawato Arahato Samasaputasa Iti piso mahakawa Arahang Samasamoto Vichacharanang samuno Sakato rokavito Anu tero purisa Dama sati satatawa Manu sanang Puto pakawati should be breathing in through the nose and out through the nose just working on establishing a nice steady consistent breath breathing in and out breathing in and out. With the breath established, start fixating the mind on the sound of the breath or the sensation of air moving into the nose. The breath is the present moment. Fixate the mind on the breath, the present moment. Breathing in, and out. Breathing in and out. With the mind fixated on the breath, have awareness of the mind. And whenever the mind is off the breath, cut that off, let it go, and come back to the breath the present moment. You haven't done anything wrong. The mind is just wandering off the breath, not being content in the present moment. So wherever you notice that the mind is off the breath, just cut it off, 
let it go and come back to the breath, the present moment. Breathing in. In, out. Breathing in. In, out. I'm going to be quiet and let you do this work of focusing on the breath, building awareness of mind or mindfulness, and developing concentration, being able to focus the mind on a single object like the breath. And whenever the mind is off the breath, you're eliminating craving, desire, attachment, training the mind to easily let go and come back to the breath. You're not working to eliminate the thoughts. You're training the mind to be aware when there is a thought and training the mind to easily let it go and come back to the breath, the present moment. Breathing in, in, out. You have nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. No one needs you right now. This is your time to focus on the breath. Breathing in, in, out.
Welcome to anyone who's joined us since we started meditation. What we're going to do now is just kind of open up to any questions that you have related to this entire path to enlightenment, specifically breathing mindfulness meditation, since this is our fourth class of our four-part series. And next week on Wednesday, we'll be starting another four-part series on loving kindness meditation. So if you have any questions on breathing mindfulness meditation, this would be a great time to ask those. But also, if there's any other questions that you might have related to the entire path to enlightenment, we can discuss those as well because we have more time on Wednesdays to really go into a big variety and kind of miscellaneous questions. So feel free to put those into Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom. Or if you're in Zoom, you can raise your hand electronically and ask any questions or follow questions directly. So I'll just turn things over to all of you guys. Yes, sir. It seems to be common that um, a practitioner would have the problem of having a song stuck in their head. So would you recommend going a period of time without listening to music or how else would you recommend that someone deal with that challenge? Yeah, one of the things that you might try to do, which is really helpful and is really part of this path is 
the more that you distance yourself from central desire and central pleasures, this is going to really help you to go internal and really focus on the mind. So the Buddha used to teach his practitioners to go be secluded in the forest. And this is where you spend time with your thoughts, you reflect, you get used to being alone, training the mind to be peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy when you're alone in the forest. Basically, all you have is a place to sleep and maybe you come out of the forest once a day in order to collect food from the household practitioners. But nonetheless, his practitioners would spend a lot of time in the forest and they're accomplishing a lot of things in there in terms of their meditation practice, in terms of eliminating fear, uh, eliminating boredom and loneliness, reflecting, sitting with the thoughts, all these kind of things. But one of the other things that is being accomplished is you're removing central desire, central pleasure, where the mind longs through these six sense bases, the eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, and the mind, longing and craving these pleasant feelings. So what unenlightened beings are doing in minds that are untrained is we're filling up our life with all these pleasures, whether it be you know, watching TV or looking at certain things, whether it's listening to music or hearing certain things, whether it's certain odors and smells like perfumes, colognes, flowers, different things like this, certain food and kind of pleasing the tongue and the mind through food, bodily contact, you know, certain fabrics or sexual intercourse, you know, all these different pleasures of the body. And then the mind as well, kind of the mind always wants to be thinking about pleasurable things. You know, it doesn't understand how to deal with some of the real hurtful and challenging things that we've experienced in life, or even just looking at our own mind and realizing there's ego in there. We need to get rid of that. The mind doesn't want to look at those things. It always wants to have these pleasant feelings and think that everything's so grand. So one of the things you can do is distance yourself, distance the mind, distance the sense organs from these central pleasures. And music is one of those where you might go through a period of time for six months or a year or more. Who knows? It's up to you where you do distance yourself from something like music. And maybe you only listen to it occasionally or maybe not at all. Up to you. And as you do that, what you'll notice is that you'll have more time and space in your life because, like I mentioned, in the unenlightened state, we tend to fill up our life with all these sensual pleasures. So you'll end up having more time and space in your life to do things like studying the teachings of the Buddha, to develop your relationships with people, to do meditation and things like this. But what you'll also notice is that the mind will kind of come into its own, that it's no longer seeking pleasures through these sense bases, but instead it can be trained to be peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy without music. And then after you go through a period of time, six months, a year, two years, up to you, where you realize that the mind is utterly peaceful, it's getting more and more peaceful without these sensual desires, then if you choose to kind of move some music back into your life, then that's up to you. You may not be interested to do that once you realize how peaceful the mind is, having eliminated a lot of things from your life, or you might just do it occasionally. Uh, so for me, I will listen to music occasionally, but in the past where I used to listen to music when I was driving, or I would listen to music while I was taking a shower, or I would be cleaning and listening to music and all these other things. Now, if I'm listening to music, I'm just listening to music. And I'll do that for maybe five minutes, 10 minutes, and that's it. I don't drive with music. I don't take a shower with music. I don't 
clean with music. Before I was doing those things in order to fill up the mind and try to kind of escape the boredom, right? Because you typically when someone's driving, taking a shower, cleaning, the mind can kind of go into this period of boredom or loneliness. So we kind of fill it up with this music, thinking that that actually is going to solve the problem. But actually, that is the problem, that the mind is not content by itself and having singleness of mind. It's got this craving to always be filling something up. So what you do is you move those things out of your life, train the mind to just drive and just be peaceful, calm, serene, and content with driving. Train the mind to just take a shower. And when you're taking a shower, you can be peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy. Train the mind to just clean or wash dishes, and that's it. No other things that it needs. And now, as you go six months, a year, however long doing this, and you observe that the mind is moving into the middle and completely content with what you've developed as a life practice, and it's no longer trying to fill its time with these central desires, now you might choose to bring in some music, but you'll probably do that in a different way. Like I mentioned, where like now when I listen to music, that's what I do. And it's just maybe like one or two or three songs and then I'm done, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe once a week, once every two or three weeks, something like that, because I'm active doing other things like teaching, answering questions from students, writing books, working on other things that I've got in order to share these teachings into the world. So there's very little time that I will listen to music, but now I also notice that the choices of music that I choose to listen to are very different than in the past, where in the past, you know, there'd be all these love songs and sad stories and, oh, you know, please come back to me, my lover, you know, all these kind of things, all this attachment or all this real aggressive music and harsh music, all that stuff I'm not interested in listening to anymore because it doesn't fit with what's going on in the mind. So now I kind of listen to spiritual music. I tend to listen to some music that is more uplifting and kind of more along the lines of cultivating wholesome qualities in the mind. So yes, you can distance the mind from music that will help you. And there's probably a whole lot of other central desires and central pleasures that you need to distance the mind from. While it sounds odd because we're not used to that in the unenlightened state, that's kind of what life's all about is filling up our time with all these central pleasures. What you do is you kind of move the mind into seclusion where you're kind of more secluded. You're still interacting with people in your life and whatnot, but you're just not allowing the mind to grasp and hold on to these things. And you don't necessarily know whether the mind is attached or is craving something like music until you eliminate it for a period of time. If we keep it in our life continuously, then we don't know whether we're attached to it or not because we've never gone an extended period of time without it. So what you do is you move these things out of your life, like TV and music and other things. You kind of move them out of your life for a period of time, allow the mind to adjust to that, get trained to not needing those things and being completely peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy without them. And then once you've accomplished that over multiple months and maybe a couple of years, then if you slowly start bringing this stuff back in, then you know that the mind's not attached to it because you went six months without listening to any music at all, or you went a year without listening to any music at all. So you know with 100% certainty, I'm not attached to this music because 
I haven't heard music for the last one year. And now when I start to kind of selectively bring it back in here and there, now I know that I'm doing that just because I'm interested to hear some music because it's quite enjoyable to listen to music. It's quite enjoyable to watch certain TV programs and learn. It's enjoyable to see certain shows and festivals or paintings and artwork. But the problem is that the mind in the unenlightened state, when it's untrained and you don't know whether you're attached to it or not, the mind oftentimes wants this stuff to be permanent. So when you go without it for six months, a year or longer, then you know that the mind is eliminated any desire or any clinging or any attachment to this. So now when you bring it back into your life, you can enjoy it, but then the mind's not clinging to it and wanting it to continue. So if you have music, you're perfectly peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy. If you don't have music, the mind's perfectly peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy. So that's how you ensure that you're not attached or clinging to these things is go for extended periods of time without them. And then you'll notice that you won't have this continuous, repetitive music going on in the mind. And there the mind can be peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy because it's not on this loop with this song or whatever else is looping in the mind. This is that cycle of rebirth that the mind's in. So you'll see these kind of cycles, this repetitive nature of the mind just rumiating and obsessed, going over and over and over and over again with things. So when you purge that and you're working on this inner development of the mind, including meditation, then you go for this extended period of time seeing that the mind doesn't need these things and you've brought your practice down to bare bones minimum, stripping out all this stuff, then once you do that for an extended period of time, then you can selectively kind of move back out of that and start selectively kind of bringing things back into your life, knowing that you're not attached to them. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Also, boredom seems to be a challenge, especially during meditation when one is first starting their meditation practice. The mind tends to feel bored, and then that's where the thoughts begin coming into the mind over and over again. Aside from meditation, are there any ways that you would guide others to deal with this boredom and train the mind to be content while not doing anything but focusing on the breath? Yeah, so this is goes back to the answer I just gave on the previous question. The reason why the mind is experiencing boredom is because it has central desire. It has that fetter wanting, craving, longing for things through the six sense spaces. And as long as that's in there, there's going to be some degree of boredom at different times because the mind's trying to fill itself with these pleasures, having this central desire. So not only breathing mindfulness meditation and practicing generosity is going to bring that craving desire attachment down, but also distancing the mind from the central desires in daily life is going to help you to eliminate the boredom. Because when the mind's bored and we go to a a concert, or if the mind's bored and you listen to music, or if the mind's bored and you pick up the phone and call a friend, those are attachments. Those are just temporary things that you're doing to cover up the boredom. When the mind's bored, what you should actually do is sit with that. Don't fill the mind with whatever it wants. The mind's going to long for something. When you experience the boredom, it's going to want to go outside or it's going to want to do this or it's going to want to do that. It's going to want to fill that time with something. So 
the best thing you can do when the mind is experiencing that boredom is go into meditation. And when you're in meditation and there's boredom there is continue to meditate, continue to do that repetitively two to three sessions per day for 30 minutes or more. And more and more, what you'll notice is the mind will come out of that boredom and you won't have that. But it's going to take a long time to train the mind to understand that. And then as you're doing that, then in daily life, you should only be focused on one thing at a time. Because the reason why the mind's bored in meditation is it's not content just focusing on the breath, just one thing. It doesn't like that. It doesn't like to practice singleness of mind. It's this wild animal that when you say focus on the breath, it's like, no, 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 I want to be over here. And you're like, nope, come back here, focus on the breath. Oh, I want to be over here now. And it wants to jump around like a wild animal. So in meditation, you keep bringing it back to the breath, focusing on that single object, the breath. But then you've got to do that in daily life in order to get rid of the boredom in your meditation and get rid of the boredom everywhere else is when you're washing dishes, just wash dishes. When you're driving, you just drive. When you're walking around the lake on a walk, you're just walking around the lake, looking at the birds, looking at the sky, rather than walking and listening to a podcast or walking and listening to music. This is the mind trying to do two things at one time. So when you're doing that in daily life for 12 hours, 14 hours a day, now when you're in meditation, the mind's like, I don't want to just focus on the breath. You've been feeding me all this stuff for the last 14 hours. Why do you want me to focus on the breath now? You know, why do I have to change now? The mind doesn't like this impermanence. So the way to get to a permanent mental state of peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy is you're just always focusing on one thing. So an enlightened being in meditation is focusing just on the breath. When they're washing dishes, they're just washing dishes. When they're driving, they're just driving. And this way, when now they've trained the mind to just focus on one thing, now when they're in meditation, they're just completely content focusing on one thing and there's no boredom there. Yes, thank you, sir. You're welcome. Um, it does not appear that we have any more questions at this time. Okay, so I'll just end this class with sharing with you what's coming up for our future classes. This Sunday, we're going to be in chapter one of this book, Developing a Life Practice, The Path That Leads to Enlightenment. So I suggest you read that chapter before and or after class. Some people prefer to read before or after. Some people prefer to read before and after. So it's up to you. But now what we're going to be doing each Sunday is we're going to be progressing through this book chapter by chapter by chapter. And if you've already read the book before class, then you may have certain questions for clarification that you're going to be asking in class. Or if you learn in class and then you read after, then you might have certain questions that come up. And that's what the Facebook group's for. That's what Wednesdays are for. You can be asking questions in these online classes. You can ask questions through sending a private message, or you can schedule a personal guidance session if you like. And by doing this throughout the next six months where you're reading, you're coming to class, you're meditating, you're developing your life practice, and I'm gonna walk you through chapter by chapter. This book is going to give you a solid foundation of this path to enlightenment. And as you develop your practice, you're gonna have certain questions that you're interested in asking and that you may need to ask. 
But even if you don't have a certain question, just coming to class, you'll hear questions from other students that are going to help you because maybe you didn't even realize you had that question. So you're going to be learning things by coming together with the group here. So each Sunday, I'll be doing that from this point forward. And then this Wednesday, I'm going to start that four-part series on loving-kindness meditation. I'm going to do the same thing I did with breathing mindfulness meditation, where I'm going to explain to you why we need to be doing loving-kindness meditation, what it's actually solving in the mind, and then actually how to do it. And then we'll do that over four-part series of classes until eventually we'll move into a four-part series on chanting. And then after that, we'll just be rotating back and forth between loving kindness meditation and breathing mindfulness meditation each Wednesday. So that's what we're going to be doing going forward. And all of our classes is each Sunday, we're going to be focused on a certain chapter. And then on the Wednesdays, I'm going to be helping you to build up your meditation practice in your chanting practice. And at any time you can get help in these classes or reaching out privately as well. So thank you all for joining for today's class. We'll see you in a future class. Have a very lovely rest of your day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit buddhadailywisdom.com. There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Remember to establish a daily, consistent meditation practice along with learning and practicing these teachings. A well-developed meditation practice is the foundation in which to train the mind to attain enlightenment.